just bless you this morning. Lord, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. Father, we thank you. Your word says that before we were formed, you knew us. And Father, you actually say you have a future and a hope for us. So how can we ever live another life without you? But Father, we know that you're the beginning and the end of all things. So I pray this morning that our hearts would continue to be open to receive. And as Centurius said, not only do we hope uh, someone's going to get something, but Father, we know we're not going to leave here the same this morning. Father, we bless you. We're excited to be here. In the beautiful name of Jesus, someone say amen. Someone say hallelujah. And why don't you greet two or three people as you take a seat. Have a seat. Hey, let's wave out to our children. That's the, uh, you thought the youth were amazing? Woo, watch out for those guys. All right. Hey, if you're here for the first time, no my heart am I. Picky my cocky my. Welcome to Destiny Church here in the Hawks Bay. Let's put our hands together for our first time visitors church. Let's welcome them into the house this morning. It is great to have you here. What awesome service, hey? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, young people. Um, as you know, as they mentioned, as Suntorius said, uh, they put in some effort, man. Bit of effort. Didn't they do well? I thought they did awesome. And to hear um, that young man, Centurius, share his story, uh, you know, yeah, when you're baptized, you're a new creation, Centurius. Old things are gone, a new life, a new beginning. And he was talking about that, church. He was talking about you, uh, if you know Christ, that you have a new life. But if you're here for the first time and you, you know, you were similar to Centurius, even myself, wasn't raised in the church, that's okay. God is always there waiting for you. Um, and if you open your heart to him, some amazing things will happen. Kapoi, look, I'm not going to be too long. Um, we got some stuff that talked about an online influence. Everyone say online. Can you mix this? And so um, the, the key is influence. Regardless if it's online, if it's face-to-face, if it's email, if it's a phone or whatever, there are influences that are coming at you all the time. Got that? Everyone say influence. Well, let's read the Word of God, share some stuff, say some stuff, and get into it. Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse uh, 7. Actually, we'll go from 8. I don't know if it'll come up, but let's read. I'll read it for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. This is what it reads. 8 through to 18. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. I'll just break that down. Everyone say hard-pressed. If you're in Christ and you're trying to make a life out of your life, it's an uphill battle. It's hard. It's always going to be hard. Okay? I just Sorry to break the news. It ain't going to be easy. Sorry to not sugarcoat it. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be some pain. There's going to be these things called trials, tribulations, temptations, uh, things you're going to have to just go through. And you're probably going to wonder when you're going through it, what is going on? Why am I going through this hard stuff? Why am I finding it difficult? But that's the key in me. For we who live are always delivered to death. God's plan for your progress is to deliver you to some pain. This is a, oh, that's a wonderful message after the youth. That's great. Don't run from the pain. Because God wants you to go through. Even Jesus had to go to the point of death. So can you imagine him dodging the death stick? Up in heaven, God, okay, guys, um, Jesus, all, all the other brothers, um, we're going to send you to earth, and one of you is going to die, okay? Oh, I don't want to die. Can you, can you imagine that? Imagine that discussion. We all have these internal discussions with ourselves. Oh, I don't really want to go through that. Well, a pastor said that. God's already told me that. 
oh, it's a bit hard. I'm just going to take the easy route. You're actually coming against what God wants to do for you. But let me carry on. Uh, and in that process, I should say, of you going through pain, that's how Christ gets manifested through. It's easy to love everyone whom you love. Sorry, it's easy to love people whom you already love. Can you love someone who hates you? Can you love someone you disagree with? Can you love someone that just ticks you off? That's the test, really, of your love. But let's come back into this. So then death is working in us, but life in you. The life of Jesus must be manifested in us. It has to come through. Regardless of your color, race, or creed, your ethnicity, how much money you have, that's God's plan is to have Christ come through you. Someone say, Christ through me. So I'm always dying. Today is a death day. No, okay. What are you up to? Oh, I'm going to a tangi today. Oh, who died? Oh, me. Didn't you die yesterday? Yeah, every day I die. Big tangi, big feed. Everyone comes and cries around me. No. Is this, do you understand? This is the, the legitimate, well, the realness of it, is that you're going through a process of dying every day. You had to die to get here this morning. You had to die to get to work. You had to die all the time. But sometimes you try and deny the dying, and you want your flesh to live, to breathe, when really you should kill that thing, chop its head off, skin it, hang it on the wall, and go, this is my trophy from yesterday. This is my trophy from last week. Someone say, I must die. Isn't that interesting, eh? What did you learn at church? I've got to die. How was church today? I learned how to die. What? Self-harm. No, no. Do you see how this, I'll get to something. I'll, anyway, let's carry on. Let's come back to this. It's not where I was going to stay. Let's carry on. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and prevent us, sorry, present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through many, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go to 16. Therefore, someone say therefore, we do not lose heart. Church, never lose heart. You're going through pain, you're going through pain. <laughs> it's called Monday. You're going through pain, it's breakfast time. You're going through pain, it's dinner time. Just never lose heart. Some would say, hearty. Be hearty. Real hearty, not the one you think is hearty. Hearty is still showing up to work when you know you're, you're sick or when you know you're hurt or when you know you're going through stuff mentally. You still show up. Showing up in your marriage when you know you're angry at the other person or you've lost whatever, you just keep going. That's hearty. Everything else is fake in terms of hearty, but let's come back to this. Do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Someone say day by day. Daily. Hey, outwardly it looks like you're losing. But inside, ooh, I've got heaps of trophy. Do you understand? I'm talking about some influence here. Let me, I'm going to show you some stuff. Our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The hard stuff you're going through, it works out for you. Who's been through some hard? You don't have to put your hand up. Oh, man, I've been through some hard stuff, Pastor. Oh, I'm going through today. My missus will not listen to me. I'm going through it today, Pastor. My man, he's being a little baby girl. He won't even get us to church. It was hard to get to church today. It was hard to get together to watch our young people do the thing. Anyone been through some hard stuff? Oh, I'm fighting some mental health issues. Things are going on in my life. I'm under some financial pressure. I keep making dumb decisions. So that's like self-inflicted. But let's come back to this. God is saying to you and to I and to me that pain molds you. Difficult, you know, we have a joke. Me and my son, one of my children, we talk about abuse quite often, actually. It's quite a funny topic. 
And I heard this from our spiritual father, and he said this, what you call abuse, I call development. Too many people give up because they they're in the face of abuse. And abuse could be, I just don't feel like going to work today. You don't realize that you could sabotage your financial potential. And your house needs finances to run. So you actually could into yourself and your whole family could open the door potentially to poverty. Why? Because everyone say abuse. It's not what you think. Some people think, oh, sexual abuse, murder, uh, violence. Yep, that's the, probably the extreme of the spectrum. I'm talking back down here when you're too lazy to get up. Oh, I'm sleeping until 10. If you haven't cracked it, if you haven't made it, you better start working. This, you need some hard times. So that's why it's hard sometimes. Everyone say hard. Let's carry on. Okay. Well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. What? What is he talking about? For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Did you know there's a seen and unseen world going on here? If you're not switched on, you won't be able to tell the difference. An online influence, okay, through social media, there are unseen forces coming at you all the time. Some are good, some are evil. Some are demonic, some are God. But can you differentiate them? You and I are in a war in the invisible realm, the spirit realm. There are things coming at us all the time. And as Centurius alluded to in his story, those unseen, unseen things manifested in his childhood, manifested in his home, and became a real breathing, living thing. The real world is the unseen world. This is, so I'll say it this way. The spirit world is the parent world, paternal world. The natural world, that's second. First in the spirit, second in the natural. So everything we're seeing, whether it's, um, what are they talking about? The LGBT agenda, uh, we're talking about violence. Even, even gangs represent an unseen thing, even in churches. Um, but let's break it down simpler. In, in your home, there's an unseen culture. There's a spiritual climate. There's all these things. Everyone say unseen. And so we have to be aware. But if you haven't been developed, if you haven't gone through some pain, you see, because people look at pain and go, oh, no, that's not for me. They don't see the unseen. They look at the outward appearance. They think humility and going to work or fighting um, 40, 60 hours, whatever hours it is, or getting yourself to a place of pain is foolish. In the world, it is foolish. But in God, the way up is down. Someone say the way up is down. And so... If we think about the online influence, okay, social media, TikTok, what else? Oh, man, <laughs> Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, all these things. A lot of us don't realize it, but they're there pushing a spirit. They're pushing an agenda. You, whether it's subtle or not, every ad is pushing an agenda. The ads across the road there, it's trying to get you to go and play some game. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just telling you what's going on. What's getting pushed in the atmosphere and the climate? There are climates in your community that are getting pushed in your streets. That's why certain streets feel a certain way and other streets feel a different way. Uh, oh man, I was born and raised in the hood. That feels totally different to uh, where I live now. Being the only Māori on the street. Whereas before, there's heaps of Māori, and I'm not running down my Māori side, but that was a culture. It was like a breeding ground of these unseen things. And if you're not sharp, you'll fall victim to them. When God has given you the victory, you'll fall victim to unseen forces, unseen things, influence. Who's influencing you? What have you been influenced by? Are you, how are you influencing yourself? You might even be influencing you. Great word last week. Talked about opinions talking about belief patterns and so that's what we're fighting the online believe it or not tiktok and that they're pushing a belief system um, and again i'm not saying what's right or wrong here for now i'm just telling you what they're doing the method will change but 
what spirit is behind it? What is unseen? What is the spirit in your household that you've built up? Is it unifying? Is it loving? Is God in there? Is it peaceful? Is it prosperity? Is it blessed? Is there a feeling of joy? Is there free expression? Is there, um, you know, all those things? What's the alternative? Pain? I mean, there's always going to be pain, but differentiate. Is there rebellion? Is there fear? Is there secrets and, um, you know, whispering things? What do you call that? Gossip. Is there all these other things? These are the things that we've got to be sharp on. Someone say, I am sharp. I am sharp. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, so turn over the page. Two pages. Three. This is what it reads. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. Right there and then. Um, don't confuse. Don't confuse what fight you're in. Okay, I'll read it again. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. Just because you're in the world doesn't mean that's how you fight. The weapons, I'll read the rest. For the, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Someone say strongholds. Your weapons aren't of this world. Okay, we'll break this down. What do you mean? Well, you got to, don't confuse the fight you're in, number one, and know how to fight. We don't fight with punches and kicks anymore. We don't fight fight with guns and sticks and tirehars and I don't know slingshots and whatever. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay, so they're none of those. What are they? Well, actually, what's carnal fighting? Swearing. You know, you swearing at demons, guys. Swearing is actually from a demon, but let's anyway. Just right. But they're mighty in God. Do you know you have weapons? Turn to your neighbor and go, you got a treasure chest of weapons. An arsenal of weaponry. You know, watching movies growing up, eh? I always liked the, um, when, when the, you know, in those movies, the action hero movies, anyone grew up on those? When they go into their wardrobe or their secret base and they'll, be, they'll open up the thing and all these guns and bombs and ammo. And, see, I used to like that stuff. Still do. Like, wow, look at all their weapons. In the spirit, very similar. You have all these weapons that you can use to win the unseen battle. All right? What do you mean, Pastor? It'll click. Turn to your neighbor and go, is it clicking for you yet? Your weapons are not carnal. Don't fight. Maybe I should say it simply. Stop fighting in your flesh. Uh, come on. Die to yourself. You're fighting a spiritual battle with flesh. You can't throw cans of spaghetti at demons. Try it. Tink, it's a waste of your can of spaghetti. You understand? You've got to fight on that plane. Okay, what's another one? Um, no use going to play league and you're playing rugby. No use playing in a netball game. But you want to say, no, no, guys, I'm playing basketball. You play netball, I'm playing basketball. That's not, do you understand? You're in a chess match playing checkers. Hmm, what's another one? You're in a 100-meter sprint race, but you're lying on the water, on the ground, because you think you're swimming. Do you know people fight like that? This is why you got to be sharp. Their spiritual forces attacking you. you. They're playing a 100-meter sprint dash for your life, and you're swimming, going, no, no, it's a swimming race. That's going to kill you. Straight off the bat, you lost. Wrong race. That's what God is saying here through the apostle. Wrong way of fighting. You're fighting the wrong way. That's why you're losing. You'll win straight away if you just sharpen up to what you're fighting and how you're fighting. Because you'll win. But let's read. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For what? Pulling down strongholds. 
strongholds of poverty, strongholds of mental abuse, strongholds of heaviness, strongholds of addicted to meth, strongholds of addicted to dysfunctional behavior, strongholds of gambling, strongholds of de facto relationships, strongholds of adultery, stronghold of fornication, stronghold of what else? Stinking thinking, stronghold of lying, stronghold of self-harm, stronghold of masturbation, stronghold, what else? Do you understand? Stronghold of I can't. Stronghold of I just believe I can't. Stronghold of I believe I still can't. What else? Stronghold of I'm not worthy. I'm pushing myself. That's not the down I'm talking about. Pushing yourself down is not the way up. Don't, you don't have to lower yourself in the sense of putting yourself down. That's not the lowering. What else? Pulling down strongholds. Someone's saying strongholds. What strongholds are holding you back still? What strongholds have been holding back your generational bloodline? All the fucker papa, you know? Man, I can look back straight and go, oh, close my eyes. Drugs, alcohol, pick one. Abuse, pick one. Our fatherlessness, pick one. Who's going to break the stronghold of fatherlessness? Who's going to break the stronghold? Do you understand? The fight that you're winning, I love what Center is here. Anna, you're an awesome mum. Because mum had a go at the stronghold. The first stronghold was showing up to church. Mum broke that. She didn't realize that little thing there would help break through for her son. Are you still struggling with that breakthrough? That's like, that's like, now you know what fight you're in. That's just like, welcome to the fight. Coming to church is welcome. You're getting your reps today. Going to get you some groin guards, mouth guard, because you're going to get punched heaps tomorrow. Actually, straight out here, some demon's going to come and try and knock you out. You, you better put some headgear on it. Is this all right? God calls it uh, the armor, but anyway. So they're these strongholds that we've got to take out. I can't take out the stronghold of perversion and uh, false teaching with punches and kicks. I've got to be sharp and understand the unseen. Is this all right? But when you grab this, I'll tell you what, it, it's a bit weird. You, you actually have the unfair advantage over every battle. Do you know that? I'll come back to that. Can you remind me to come back to that? Okay. Pulling down strongholds. Here's another one. Casting down arguments. What? Cast down arguments. Do you know that there are some arguments that you don't even need to do? That's great, eh? Oh, Pastor, 20 arguments are coming at me today. Cool. Do you need to do them? No, nah, only five. Then just don't do 15. Cast down every argument. Some arguments are pointless. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The weapons of your warfare are designed to take these things out. Okay? Strongholds. Uh, what did I just say? Arguments that are pointless. And everything else that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Whoo, that there is 99% of the world. Is this all right? If you're here for the first time, you're wondering why we're in conflict all the time. Why Destiny Church is so popular, uh, so famous, is because that one there. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Our government has put the whip on Jesus and kicked him out of Parliament. I've done it so to such a level that he's out of the school. So, well, pastor, don't we just leave it to Jesus? It says here, for the weapons of our warfare, no, you can use your weapons. Here's another one. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience with your obedience or when your obedience is full. So, there's a lot in here, eh? Everyone say the unseen. How's this, what's this got to do with youth? Everything to do with youth. Everything to do with family. Everything to do with you. These things have been plaguing us for generations. These strongholds, these arguments, these high things, these um, disobedience, all these things. And we all say, you know, when I first came into the Lord, there was a, it was an interesting time. There was a mixture of Christians. And some of them used to always blame Adam. Oh, it's Adam's fault, am I? Hey, why are you blaming him for? 
He's boom, he's thousands of years ago. Still can't get over that. But hey, all of humanity suffered because of our Tupuna Adam. So thanks, Adam. But what am I getting at? Who's gonna break through? All right, let's go on reading the next one, then we'll wrap it all in. My weapons of warfare are not carnal, yes. Actually, before I do that, good question. Do you know how to use your weapon? It's obvious some people in the church, ours and other churches, still don't know how to use their weapons. You don't realize, but you have um, weapons of mass destruction at your disposal to obliterate strongholds, to obliterate generational curses, to like like a blotted off the earth. Boof. So it's no longer in your family. Do you understand? You have these weapons available to you. Key question is, do you know how to use them? Do you know how to cut that off? Do you know how to take giants? Excuse me, lions and bears. That's what I mentioned last week. Last week I talked about lions and bears and that on my war in the spirit in my lounges, trophies. Blood, my walls are bloody in my house in the spirit. I've got heaps of trophies. Pick a, pick a generation of curse, cut that head off. Not only did I take the head, I took the legs and the arms and made a thing on my wall in the spirit. And so I challenged the church last week, time to get some more trophies. Is this right, church? Are you feeling great today? Do you know how to use your weapons? Have a go. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 16, and then we're done on this part. 10. This is what it reads. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 16. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man, which is in him? Everyone say, Spirit to Spirit. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. There's a big one there. And everyone says, you can't judge. Well, if you're spiritual, you can judge. Let's carry on. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Everyone say Christ. All right, real quickly. Um, Get the youth up here. Makati, jump up here. And you two young ladies, jump up here. Let's put our hands together for my assistants. I've done this before. I've done this before. Okay. So um, you can be spirit, soul, and body. The body is the one. So look at your neighbor. You're looking at their body. That's their body. Got that? But behind the body and in the body, I should say, is the soul and the spirit, which is invisible. Everyone say invisible. Look to your neighbor again. All you can see is this part of them. This part of them and this part of you gives you world consciousness. It's so I can interact with the world. See, I'm picking this up. This part here doesn't. Okay, try and look. I'll try and lift a couple of my soul. Come on, soul. My soul needs a body. Let's lift the cup. Let's get real weird. Let's use our spirit. Uh, that's not going to happen either. This is how we have world consciousness. Okay? We interact with the world. Three dimensions, four dimensions, actually. But that's how we interact with the world. Step four. Okay? Someone say world consciousness. This part here is our soul. Our um, personality, thoughts, mindset. You, you hear this part when they start speaking. Turn to neighbor and just speak. All right, yeah, yeah, okay, no one, listen. All right. Their soul must not be working this morning. So this part here, this is your personality. See, you look at, say, Makaire, 
you just look at him on the outward. That's how everyone looks. They look at the outward. You make a judgment. Oh, yeah. But as soon as he speaks, go, can you speak? Um, hello. Sounds way different. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, no, that was a terrible example. But um, you start to now hear the inner man, the inner woman, the inner person. And so this part of you is self-conscious. It knows yourself. Got that? This is you, your thoughts, your everything here. Over here. Take a step forward. This part here, very special part. Without this part, those guys die. Well, actually, sorry, these two are eternal. But the brother over here dies. So out of tangy, okay, pretend you're dead. Okay, yeah, pretend you're dead. Just like you have X's on your eyes. So your flesh is dead. But these parts here are eternal. They live forever. Now, coming over here, spirit, God consciousness. Everyone say God consciousness. This is the only part that God speaks to. He doesn't speak to your soul. He doesn't speak to your body. He speaks to your spirit. That's what that scripture is talking about, spiritual things. And so when God wants to say something, he goes, Oi. he speaks to your spirit. Your spirit immediately picks it up and then tells your soul, Oi, we've got to do this. And then your soul and spirit get together and they rule over your body. Got that? Let's put our hands together for them. Real simple example, eh? And so, that's cool. Got that? So now when you go out, you've got to understand these two dimensions here. There's the physical and the spiritual, you can see. And so you've got to be able to navigate. What spirit am I dealing with? Not that you go, oh, you got a demon. Don't, don't do that. It's a demon. Don't do that. Don't walk around and go, oh, demon. That's, that's just weird. Your soul needs to handle how you're saying stuff. Work on that. Just keep it in your mind. Mm, okay, I can discern this. The atmosphere this morning, the atmosphere out there. Hmm, okay, my inner man, my spirit man's already moving. God is always speaking. Spirit's part of God, that part of you. All right, okay, got that? Real simple. So, all right, how's this online influence thing? It's unseen forces. You've got to learn to be led by your spirit. In your soul, not your soul in charge, feelings and flesh and carnal. That's where Christians get messy. They live in these two parts here when they should be led by this part. And so over here rules their life. Over here rules how they parent, rules how they do ministry, rules how they work. It dictates everything. When really God wants us to be spirit-led. And so if you're not spirit-led, you'll come into a battle. And as I mentioned, your flesh will go, I know this race. It's a 100-meter swim when it's a sprint race. Do you understand? Those of you grabbing this? And so we've got to be able to accurately discern and pull out and identify what we're dealing with. Because if you don't identify it, you're not going to be able to solve it. You're not even going to have a chance of winning. So, unseen. So, okay, well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, it's as simple as just going, what's really going on here? Pastor, I'm going through this in my family. What's really going on? You could blame demons and this, this, and this. I already told you that God push, pushes you and delivers you to death. He delivers you to painful situations. So obviously God's in that thing. Don't just see the demons. See God in it. You can throw me in hell and I'll be all good. Okay. What? Pastor's going to hell. It's a figure of speech. Do you understand? I can be in a hellish situation like man up relief and I'm fine. Because I not turn off my body and soul, but I make sure my spirit steps up and goes, all right, you listen to me. I know how to get us through this. Soul's going, but we've never been through it. But we never, I don't know, but we. Spirit's going, listen to me. Soul's going, okay. Body's going, yep, whatever. And then when you go through a devastation or a disaster, you'll soar. That's how blessed people go through life. And they always come out better. They always come out. Can I share some stuff from the Man Up Relief? If it's too hard, I'm going to show you the end. I should like Google it up, but I just want to show you the end. Did you know through this Man Up Relief, I've been, I was given a four-bedroom house. I have to pick it up and stick it on the land that I've also been given. That's all right. Last week, I was given 
2,000 square meter section, bigger than this whole thing, free if I just put, a, put up a fence for my business to go on. Is this all right? I'm just sharing you just some simple things. There's other blessings, heaps. It's a normal thing. When you're, when you're led by the Spirit, that's a normal thing. Miracles just happen. Who here would like to be given a full bedroom house? When I put that on the land, it's going to be worth probably 850, 900,000. It'll cost me maybe 65,000 to do, but that's still not much. Is this? Yeah. I even was given the opportunity to get this garage, probably as big as this room. It cost this guy um, 55 grand, 60 grand probably all up. He goes, you can have it for like 20. Everyone's like, how does, how do you think Jesus walked through life? Jesus, we need some tax money. I'll go down to Ngaruroro, pull up this car wire that's going to come up, and it's got like $500 in its mouth. Okay, Jesus, go. Is this right? That's oh, a true story. It didn't go to Ngaruroro. He had a river. That's what happened. Jesus, my friend's dead. No, nah, no, nah, he's having a moi. What? He's dead. He died three days. No, no, I'll, I'll come. Comes there three days later. Brother, I wake up. Boom. Pulls him out of the grave, out of the tomb. Is this all right? That's the unseen lifestyle. Someone say faith. You've got to believe. You've got to believe. You want the miracle? You want people to give you houses? Believe. It's actually a promise of God. He'll give you houses that you didn't build. Oh, has that happened to me? He'll give you land. Oh, he'll hook you up with resource. This. In the spirit, it is yours. So this is where you've got to uh, do your mental gymnastics. Because in the spirit, I'm a conqueror. I can slay demons. This is, I'm talking about you. You can overcome. You can do all things. You're great. You're part, part of you is God. This is in the spirit. That's what's there. I can see the future. Uh, when I speak, things happen. That's called prophecy. That's you in your spiritual identity. But when I come into your soul, that's the bit that gets... Yeah, I know I can do that, but I just, nah. Nah. You know what I mean? And that's why God gives, you this, gives us this wonderful thing called dying to your flesh. So that, nah, has to die. So stop saying, nah, and say, yes, say yes. Start saying, yes, Lord. Yes, pastor. Yes, apostle. I'm there. Yes. Let's go, church. Because your flesh is going to go, nah. And then you wonder why others are getting blessed and you're not. Because you're saying, nah. <laughs> Say yes and amen. So what's really going on? Can you make a sense of what's going on? Spiritually, yeah. Oh, what is this? Spiritually, what in the hallelujah is happening? Oh, all right. Put a road down. What is going on? I'm going through some tough stuff this way. Oh, great. If you're going through difficult situations and you come and tell me, I'm going to high-five you. I'm going to go, amen, your favorite brother. Do not get offended and go, pastor's not even listening to me. I am. I can hear that you're about to level up. I can hear you're about to come to a breakthrough. If you're hearing, poor me. I'm poor me. It's sore. Pastor, it's sore. <laughs> it is sore, eh? Hallelujah. Go for a fast then. Don't let it drag. Oh, it's all the situation. Can I share? <laughs> Some situations are painful. Some situations ragdoll you mentally, spiritually, physically, financially. You feel like you're getting mental, you feel like you're getting abused. Someone say, Amen. You are about to level up. You are coming to a point where now you have to face, make a decision. Am I going to let this thing live or kill it? kill it. Unseen forces all the time. One last bit. Gee, you know, I write so fast it looks like doctor's writing. And then I can't like read it anymore. What does that say? Do you know what influences your life? Actually, do you know? Turn to name Do you know? Here's a question. What influences your life? What do you allow to influence you? 
What do you allow to have its way with your... I imagine this. So I imagine someone's hand on the top of my soul going, messing with my soul. I, I, I slap those hands. No one's to mess with me. No one's to mess with you, church. Got that? Do you know where that came from? Is this God or is this just me? It's God. No, it's me. I don't know. Who or what is responsible? Whoa. Is this all right? I'm helping you understand 99.100% of your life. Doesn't make sense. I'm helping you understand your journey from now on. You're going to be under this for you. It's God's because God's perfecting something in you. And so he has to take you through some pain. He has to take you through some things. Right? Influence. Someone say influence. We look at our political system. That's got heaps of influential, spiritual influential forces going on. The education, our schooling, your own walk, your lounge. Do you know your lounge has an influence on you? Your family. The youth. Definitely the youth. Hmm. They're all under attack. And what I wrote here. And playing a defense style of Christianity or lifestyle isn't going to get you the win. I don't know how everyone plays their games, and I'll finish on this. But you can't just stay in defense. You have to go on the attack. You have to go on the offense. You know? I read this quote, and it stuck with me for years. This fella said, I can beat Michael Jordan in a basketball game. And I went, hey, that's, that's a, well, it must be some metaphor. You know? But he was real. I was like, you're serious. Here, all I have to do is take away his goal. He can't win. He can never win. Take away his goal, you know, the, the basketball, take away his one, and just mine, who's got the chance of winning? Not him. What's he got to do with this? That's an example of the difference between defense and attack. Keep your eye on the prize. Know the goal. Know the vision. Know God. Know Christ. Know where you're going. Know the fight. Know the demon spirit you're dealing with. Know how to cull that out and do your thing. Amen. Beautiful. Oh, okay, I lied. I have one more page. Is right? This is a fast page, this one. Some real simple weapons. There's plenty. I'll delve into this next time. But um, everyone say faith. Faith is a weapon. The Bible describes it as a put on the shield of faith. But I'm encouraging you to use it like Captain America. No one likes you. Sorry, Captain America, no one likes you. Who's ever seen, who's seen Captain America with a shield? And he throws it and it bounces off, hits the enemy. He does a flip and another flip and then catches it. Use your faith like that. Throw it out. Don't just stand on it. Shoot me. Ting. Oh. Oh. Throw it back and do the flip. Someone say faith. So faith is a weapon. Faith trumps everything. You can stack your PhD against my faith. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> as long as it's not in your PhD. But anyway, no. Even then, I'll, 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 by faith, I will cheat. No, sorry. No one saw. Everyone, everyone say faith. That was a joke. Faith trumps everything. Faith levels the playing field. It levels it. So use your faith. Do you have this weapon of faith, church? Do you have faith? Use it. Time to use your faith. Not just as a shield, but use it like, throw it. Throw your faith. That's number one. Just some real simple weapons. Ones that I've found that have helped me through 20 years of trials and tribulation, testing times. Faith is number one. They say love's the greatest. Uh, I try to throw love. I just had to keep loving. But faith moves mountains. Faith moves mountains. The Bible says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, when you speak to this mountain move, it will shift. So now I'm encouraging you, let faith come out of your mouth. More than fear, more than doubt, more than hurt. Plus, I'm going through tough things. What's the answer? Bring it on. Oh, that's a faith statement right there. Oh, it's hard, is it? 
but I'm hired a pastor. I'm going to bring it on. Oh, amen. That is faith speak. Someone say faith speak. So faith, number one, faith. Use your faith. Just envision Captain America and throw that thing up. An enemy pops up. You can't throw it before he says can't. Can't what? You can't talk now. Okay, so faith. Number two, discernment. It's the ability to understand and have insight into the unseen. Rare gift, I found. It's actually quite rare. Uh, but yet, God has given every single one of us a spirit of discernment. When you sharpen it, you get like Jesus. Jesus, we have to pay our taxes. I'll go down the river, buy a buckle fire. There's a fish there with a hundred bucks in his mouth. He could see that in the spirit. Okay, that's radical, eh? So for you, just start off with baby steps. When you're going through stuff, what's going on? What spirit am I dealing with? When people speak to me, I sit there and I listen, and I go, what spirit is actually coming out of them? I'm dealing with fear. Cool. Well, I know what you're going through, brother. Yeah, fear. Go, hey. That you might be in a situation, and they're talking about a whole lot of things, but they can't identify what's going on. Discernment helps you have accuracy. You could be talking measles, but you've got the chicken pox. No use trying to get the cure for measles when you've actually got chicken pox. Cure for that is ho far wonton soup. I had some wonton soup last night. I'm going to have some for lunch. Is it open? Chicken nibbles. I don't know if those cure chicken pox. No. So discernment. It's your ability to discern. When your little Tommy or Timmy or Sally or Harry or sorry, whatever. When your little child's saying, son, did you do that? And they go, no. Your discernment knows, you're lying. No one knows that? You can discern. Son, what's the matter? And they go, nothing. Oh, that's your discernment. Something's wrong. No. Discernment. Is, that's a little small level of discernment. Do you think that will help you in your life of battling to win? You've got to discern sometimes where you should sit, where you shouldn't sit, who you should talk to, who you shouldn't talk to. To young people, this is good for you. If you can, if you can catch this, you'll fly. Who you should marry, who you shouldn't. Because there's some people you shouldn't marry. Okay, That's other people's spouse. And do you, since I'm on the topic, just right if I took it. Since I'm on, if you're single, you're allowed to actually have these things called standards. You don't have to marry anyone, guys, girls. You can go, oh, no, got to be there. Just, just a bit, put that out there. You don't, yeah, anyway. Someone say discernment. Use that ability to discern throughout your life. I always do that one. That's key. Number two, oh sorry, number three, prophetic. It's kinda, this kind of connects with discernment. When you start to work the prophetic edge, you start to know things before time, ahead of time, and you can see things. Closely connected to discernment. That'll help you. I just thought I'd throw this last one out as well. Number four, which is probably one of the most powerfulest, it'll help you um, with all those weapons. It'll help you be accurate in how you use it. Is revelation. Revelation is a weapon. What you hear in the preaching is a weapon. That's the sword. The revelation. The revelation of the word, sword. So let me just give you some bite-sized uh, statements from our apostle that he has said that we all know. Rule by revelation. If you rule your finances by revelation, rule your parenting rule your mindset, rule your heart by these things, that'll just slice up a lot of the battles you're going through. Revelation, church no matter what, that's a statement. That deals with anything. If I'm sick, church no matter what. What if I'm um, in Auckland, church no matter what. What if I've got a flat tire, church, this is, I'm just sharing my revelation, church no matter what. It's, it's helped me for 20, 20 uh, years. I like what Centurius said. He's been, oh, there he is over there. He's been doing it for five months, church no matter what. Do you understand that that revelation is so powerful, but sometimes that you think it's nothing and insignificant because it seems small? There's a lot of things in God that seem small and insignificant, but are big power boosters, like the tithe, like submission, or like planted, all those little things. They lead up to them. Is this right? 
How, how are you ever going to handle the big stuff if you can't even deal with the small stuff? God will never trust you with more and increase if you can't like, do the small stuff. So rule by it. You're going to die by your revelation. That's a hard statement, eh? You'll live and die by the revelation you have. You'll put yourself in situations by the, anyway, live by it. You'll live by it. One thing I hate, I hate with a passion, is people that say I can't. I don't hate the person, sorry, I don't hate the person. Not, I, I don't like that belief system. Because when you get saved, you become this thing called a believer. And when you're a believer, all things are possible. And so right now, I'm wrestling with right there, unseen. Already some, some things come up. I don't believe that. Great. I'm telling you what God says. He says all things are possible. I'm only ruling by revelation. Do you understand? I grabbed my face shield and I threw it out. All things are possible. <laughs> but I can't. All things are possible. <laughs> my shield's still going. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you understand? That's, that's how you use it. Oh, we can't. All things are possible. We can't. All things are possible. You sound, you look, I look a bit weird, eh? I'm just showing you um, how to win in the unseen. You win in the spirit, it'll manifest in the natural. Amen. Here's the last one from that revelation. There's heaps you can put on there. Raise the family by it. Some people say they are, but not do they are. Do you understand? They say they are, but are they are? Does that even make sense? <laughs> mental gymnastics you say you're too tangata you say you love the Lord but do you love the Lord do you too tangata so raise a family by it design your life around the revelation and you will always fly revelation will quick charge you it'll push you up it'll lift you up yeah I think that's great is that alright faith, discernment, prophetic revelation just some simple weapons I had a meeting this week, um, an interview um, for the Vision New Zealand thing. And this guy was coming out handy with the Brian Tamaki questions. Like, probably more than I've ever experienced for a long time. Um, but I was smiling the whole time. Uh, I'm quite, um, I always pull on my spirit man when I go into those things. That's why you'll see me always ready. Because my spirit is always ready. Your spirit's always ready. Uh, one second in the spirit can be like 10 years. Anyway, I'll talk about that another time. They said, what? In the spirit, there's no time. I need one second in the spirit, I've got all the answers. In my natural, I've got to go and study for four years. Because my natural doesn't, like, doesn't process things like that. Remember how I told you the three parts of you? The God, but you only need answers from God in your way. So anyway, we went into this meeting. Starts pulling at the Brian Tambi. Hits me with the LGBT questions. Hits me with the radical questions. And then he goes to me, you're very different to Brian Tamaki. You're not like him. Like, hard out radical, I'm not. I'm not like the apostle. Uh, there's many of well, none of you are either. You know, we were different. But all my answers came from my spirit. They weren't like, oh, Matthew 3.16, God said. That doesn't mean spirit, God. That's, that's like a librarian. When you go to library... Excuse me, where's the A section? Oh, over there, down that aisle, down that. That's, that's how they talk. Some Christians talk like that. What's the answer? Oh, Matthew 6, 49, chapter 2, verse 1, is, says, God love you. Bro, well, how's that answer? Do you know what I mean? When I came into the Lord, everyone was doing that to me. I was like, what the heck? Something's wrong with these people. They're telling me Bible verses like they're librarians. I'm not, even, I'm not asking for that. I want an answer that helps me in my spirit and my soul have understanding. And so my answers come from my spirit, right? I wait for the question, boom, Holy Spirit, that's the answer. I go to my flesh, my soul, okay, how are we going to say this in a way he gets it? So we would have a little, hey, that's what I say, brother. And then my natural just follow. Boom, that's the answer. Is, is this all right? I just showed you a little process. So um, he was really excited. He's interviewed everyone. I'm the last uh, candidate that he's interviewed. He quickly rushed back to my good friend, um, our ambassador of our city, Hinari O'Keefe. Hinari rings me up. He says to me, hey, pastor, the blah, 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 the fella, 
He was so excited, he couldn't wait to let me know. I said, oh, what? What? Because he was really impressed by your answers. He was really impressed on what you had to say, and you even turned him from his perspective of Brian Tamaki. Chris. Who was influencing who? Oh. <laughs> That's how I am all the time. I'm like that all, I'm because... Like, you got to understand, Fano, your life's at stake. Man, I could have went in there and I could have come out like this. Poor me. I lost. No, I came again. I won that one. It's an engagement. Arguments. Strongholds. I knew I was, you know, you're messing with the media. They're going to come at you with everything. So don't be naive. Opinions, yes. Jesus said uh, he came to bring love and peace. What about the Jesus you guys talked about that? I said, well, let me give you some context through. You are half wrong. Is what? Jesus said, I come to bring a sword, not peace. But anyway, that's another interview. I said, that's another interview. But, and then I said, it's good to say that, but you've got to give more meat. So I, I went on to conversely say the rest. I said, look, you, you can't just take this for self-surface level. You're going to misinterpret. Drink my blood, you'll live forever. That's, like, that's the weirdest belief ever, eh? No, everyone will drink it, okay? I won't just drink it. What's wrong with this? Do you understand? You've got to have some context. And so I was helping to educate the journalists through the story, the DNA we own, we have, and we live in, and we own, and walk in, by bringing some context. Why did I do that? The weapons of my warfare. Faith. Discernment. I know what to say. Revelation. Understanding the dynamic of the situation. Is this right? You get that, you'll fly. Yeah, so it was a great story. Um, it came out. Um, they did a couple of, did it in parts, eh? I already got attacked for one of them, so that's all right. I don't know if you call that an attack for me. But um, yeah, church, that's it. That's really it. Everyone say unseen. Don't let unseen things influence you. Even in the church service this whole time, things have been, you've been wrestling with some stuff. Last week I said this, let's do a deal. Put your opinions on the table. I'll take it off and I'll give you some pure stuff. That's what I'm doing today. Swap you. Pull off your opinions. Here's some revelation. Pure stuff. Don't cut it. Don't dice it up and synthesize it. Take it in pure substance. Take it in. Sniff it in. Inject it in. This one doesn't This is the only thing you can take an overdose of and you get better. Take in the revelation. Amen. Yeah, man. All right. So that's it. Um, that's us, eh? Let's pray. Let's all stand. Thank you for being um, such wonderful listeners this morning. Let's put our hands together for our young people. That was great. pray father we bless you lord we thank you for everything that you do in our life father it's really unfair we have the unfair advantage we're highly favored chosen and set apart you say you describe us as being wonderfully and fearfully made you give us the i can spirit you give us the over it even says in your word that we're more than overcomers greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world these wonderful things you even even if we look at Adam, he named all of the creatures. You gave him that role. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for who every single person in this room is. I thank you for the God in them, the spirit life in them. Father, I thank you. Right now, I pray for their soul. I pray for their mindset. Father, I pray for their opinions and all those things that if they're not uh, adding to their life, that there'd be an instant transic transaction, that they'll take up uh, Christ and the cross, but the kingdom and move in power. Father, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you. We didn't come to uh, hear a soft word, but something Lord, that'll charge us, lift us up, and help us to break through. I thank you, Father, for every single person here today. I thank you for their family. I pray as they go out, Lord, that you would remind them of who they are, that you'd remind them of their identity and their purpose, 
Father, that you'd remind them of the words that you've spoken to them through a man of God and through whatever means that they would pick those up and run with them. So I thank you for this beautiful congregation of the mighty. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Awesome.